Fans of Comedy on Edge, the podcast, big news. We're, come, we're doing the show live at the Sydney Fringe Festival, September 11 and September 18, 9 p.m., the Factory Theatre, Marrickville. We're going to be there live. I'll be there. Ryan will be there. Josh will be there. Dave may be there. We're not sure yet. Plus, we've got some big-name guests lined up. To get your tickets, visit sydneyfringe.com or check out comedyonedge.com and follow us on Twitter, at Comedy on Edge. We'll be announcing some guests in the coming months. Thank you for supporting the show. And now... Let's get to this week's show. Dave, hit the music. special edition of Comedy on the Edge. We're on the road. We are not at Edge HQ. We're at the Laugh Garage for, sadly, what will be the final time. We're here with the owner, Darren Sanders. Darren, how are you? I'm uh, good. This is, my, this is my first ever podcast to be involved in. It's quite a fascinating uh, setup. I know. It's, it's, yeah. it's very high tech, isn't it? We've, yeah. you know, we, we haven't got any of the techies here today, but, you know, oh. hopefully, so this one, it may never air, knowing. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you usually have? You have people, you have a crew. Oh, we've got a crew. We've got um, yeah. Lester, the intern, Dave, the producer. Wow. We used to have Carrie, our assistant producer. Okay. It's, we've, got, yeah, we've got a whole setup, but we've, we've kept <laughs> it lean. They've all wanted to avoid me. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's because we're doing this in the daytime. They've all got to go to their jobs that pay for their podcasting habit. Okay, fair enough. So here we are, sadly, the Life Garage in the city. It's it's August 31st, the last show. Yeah, yeah, you can sort of see here that uh, I've dismantled a few things around the place. Uh, I shouldn't say that. It's a po- you can see, you can't see, it's a podcast. <laughs> a little more, I mean, for you, you personally, you can see that uh, a few things have changed. And, um, yeah, just sort of, uh, I guess, preparing to, to make the changeover. Yeah, well, I see, see the, the walls. But now, Life Garage Parramatta is going to be staying open. Oh, we've still got that till the, the end of the year. We're doing the first Saturday of the month, but um, yeah, I can't really sort of say what, what our plans are just yet. And, and, you know, I'm trying to scale back myself and uh, concentrate on my own career rather than... Uh, t- to me, the Laugh Garage has always been like the Mafia, the Godfather, you know, and I'm like Pacino, and every time I'm almost out, it just pulls me back in, <laughs> you know. So I, I get things sort of happening for myself, and then I've got to come in and, and tidy up what, whatever's happening here. So, yeah, I, I just need more time for myself, I think. No, 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 fair enough, fair enough. Well, let, let's talk about when did the Laugh Garage, so fifth, was it, did you say 15 years? 13, 13 years ago, we started at the Macquarie Hotel uh, in Goulburn Street, so upstairs there, and um, that was uh, a couple of, I think Friday and Saturday, Friday and Saturday nights we were doing there, so that was good. Uh, then I was away in Perth and a couple of years into it, and the cops came in and busted the pub for not having an entertainment licence at the time, which which you don't need now. No, There's no, no. There's no such no. as a Pope now, so... They made it hard for us back then. Um, so then we ended up moving to the Agincourt Hotel for a while. And, um, you know, it's sort of nice getting a bit of feedback from comics now, remembering their first open mic nights and, and things like that being maybe at the Agincourt or the Macquarie or even then when we went to Parramatta. Um, so, yeah, so we're at the Agincourt and believe it or not, they had <laughs> the cops came in and said they didn't have an entertainment licence. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was living out, out west at the time and I just looked at Parramatta as quite a big area. Mm. And... Um, and, and yeah, and, and it's got a large, I guess, uh, what do you call it, collection of, of people that could could go to that area. It's a pretty central place, you know. It's convenient. You got parking. You got restaurants. Uh, you know, it's just the violence, I guess, that you you've got to avoid. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then then Parramatta. Yeah. I, th- I think we need about a three part episode to cover what what went oh, down yeah, there. Yeah, no, that, was, that was big. But the, the since then, though, the Riverside Theatre has been great. Um, mm. You know, the, the once a month thing there. They supported us when when we we closed our, our main room there. So. Um, you know, and it's a nice venue for, for comics to work as well. Oh, it is. It's great. Down by the, and that whole section of Parramatta down Church Street and around there, there's so many great yeah. restaurants. And it's sort of, yeah. Parramatta's, you guys, you guys were sort of there. You've launched the revival of Parramatta in a way. Yeah, it was um, a headline there at the start of this month. And because uh, uh, I can book myself sometimes. <laughs> and um, uh, I went for the walk up and down the street there. Mm. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's changed quite a bit in the, probably the, well, the four years uh, that we've, We've been away four or five years that we've been away from there, and uh, you know a lot of restaurants, a lot of people there now, and um, so yeah, I think it's you know it's still a good opportunity out there. Yeah, well, definitely go the first Saturday of the month, check it out. You always see a great headline, a great support, and great MC yeah. at the Riverside Theatre. So check that out. And then you came into the city. Has it been three or four years in here now? Uh, five years here. Yeah. Five years here, and like, yeah. so obviously you got the entertainment license when you moved in. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> God, it's, a, it's it's pretty. It's it's not easy just getting stuff done now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, for, for especially for entertainment-wise, but um, I think here, you know, to, to go out and actually get a liquor licence and become a licensee, you know, it's something I never really wanted to do, but, you know, I guess my love of comedy, I, you know, I wanted somewhere that was a professional place and, and the feedback from a lot of a lot of the comics, again, has been, you know, this is, you know, God, if this, if this venue was in New York or London, it'd be packed every night, but, um, you know, I'm not sure. Again, people say it's a great location, but whether we're one block too far east or one block too far north of, of where people are um it's, it's more of a thoroughfare sort of area for, for us here and um and looking at people in the city i guess either they're you know they're, they're out in the hunt on a friday night or uh you've got a lot of travelers here or tourists who again it makes it hard for marketing a, a place like comedy to yeah you know and very expensive if you got you know don't have the return business if you're just relying mm. on tourists or, or well, out of town a, so it's illegal to hand out flyers out the front of the pub isn't it i think it's illegal to, you can't even put things in in windshields or you know not that anyone parks in the city but <laughs> yeah, no, those that can't in the bike spokes on the bike path <laughs> those so that I, can't afford to park in the city probably <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah it's uh been five years of uh ups and downs here as well um you know and, and sort of every now and then you look around and have memories of certain things that have happened certain nights here and uh you know different events that we've had and different people through here so it's uh yeah it's, it's been uh been a long Long, tiresome journey. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, look at like, the Laugh Garage, the amount of people that sort of started out and came through mm. the ranks here. I mean, there's a generation of comics in Sydney at the moment that have yeah. they got their first, like Clint Patterson, I know, he was on a couple of show episodes ago. He got his first headline gig through you. Yeah. And yeah. sort of, yeah, Chris Radburn, guys like that. They've sort of, yeah. yeah I think uh, Bruce Griffiths is uh, too, again, like, you know, yeah. headlined here. Um, and then you go to people who've done our workshop. We've had a lot of people... Mm. Uh, that, that we ran workshops years ago, you know, Ray Badrin and uh, uh, Damo, uh, Damien Smith yeah. and uh, Christina Van Look. There's a, oh, a yeah. few of them that, that sort of did the workshop. Um, mm. That I can just think of offhand. I know there's others. Yeah, no, so no, if yeah. you're listening, don't get upset. Tweet yeah. at Comedy on Edge <laughs> if you've done the workshop. We'll give you a retweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing we've always been about, though, is nurturing mm. comedy. It's something that I guess the other venue did stop doing. Mm. When, when there was a change over there, they, they went a different way than that maybe a, a comedy club or an established comedy club should be going, which was nurturing comedy, building it up, you know, and giving comics the opportunity to grow and, and do la- longer spots and larger spots. So, Yeah. Do you think, like, Sydney is, like, it's funny, like, that, that whole thing about the noise, yeah, the whole entertainment license, they've revoked that. Yeah. Do you think Sydney is, do you think the, the culture, like, my view on stand-up in Sydney is, 
when the culture's not here, like people don't get they like they see on TV, they'll go see that. But if they don't know you, there's that element of why would I go see you? Yeah, yeah. There are. I mean, I guess maybe maybe it's the economy again, or there's, there mm. is a vibe in Australia too that it's not. You know, you can tell through everything. Yeah, cricket, sport, <laughs> politics, everything's down. Every, there used to be that optimism about everything, like, you know, we were good yeah. at this and we are good at that. Now it's like, oh, geez, maybe we suck at a few things. Maybe comedy's one of them. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, to, to get people off the, off the couch yeah. to go and see it. And, and again, you look at oh, the last, well, last five years, even with iPhones and iPads and mm. uh, smart TVs and the internet. And, you know, if you want to watch comedy, you can call up whoever you know which generally is going to be somebody that you do know off TV, mm. hook it up at home, you don't have to go out. Why would you go out, you know? Um, there's no... For, for live entertainment now, I think, I think there's a select crowd that, that, that actually want to go out and still see things, but there's a, there's a growing crowd that are more like, well, hang on, we're a generation where we don't have to go out, so... Yeah, you're probably right there. Maybe maybe the future is the net life garage. We, we'll get a we'll get a just get a, a studio apartment, oh, set up ten mean, chairs, yeah. stream it live. There's yeah. a show. Yeah, yeah. Audience feedback's not going to be as good, but uh, don't miss all those things like a Sunday afternoon session at a pub with a live band. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even know where to go now. Well, that's yeah, that. yeah. You that's just go, you know, it used to be a thing that you could do. So, so mm. I think a lot of things are changing that way. But so I'm not sure how comedy can keep up and change with that. Mm. Um, there seems to be an awful lot of festivals happening uh whether it's a comedy festival or a, a fringe festival or a sydney festival or a opera house festival or something like that so but again there with the festival to me i've always believed that one ticket should see a lot of acts not yeah not uh, it's just sort of putting a whole bunch of acts under a banner really rather than going okay this one ticket will get you to see five shows mm. which which i think would be a fairer way to to run something but yeah, who am I to who am I to tell people how to do oh. that? Well, you, you you and I we were both part of World's Funniest Island Year One, and we were penciled in for Year Two, and yeah. that was that whole concert. That was. Have you ever been a part of a day where I've, everyone was having fun, audience, mm. comics? It was yeah. such a great, such a great situation, and yeah, that sadly didn't get off the ground for yeah. Year Two. It was it was poor, and, and everyone to mix too, and it sort of it levelled everyone out a mm. bit. I mean, I know that you got the headliners there and, and open mic mm. and various people at stage of their careers, but. Everybody got to hang out, yeah. hang out, and yeah. and it also then what what that does is gives newer comics um, a bit of enthusiasm mm. and a bit of excitement to be like, oh, hang on, I'm hanging around with these guys now. Right, this is where I've got to be. I find recently there hasn't been a lot of that sort of vibe. There's there's a lot of open mic rooms open where they're not getting to see headliners, not getting to see you know people that you know are respected in the industry and have been around a long time. To then go, oh, that, that's what I've got to get to, you know. I don't know where the drive is coming from, uh, or, or what people may be planning to do with their careers. But you know, that, that's, that that was one of the things that was really enjoyable about, you know, you had the internationals there, you had locals, and everybody just sat around drinking, having telling jokes, yarns, going to see each other's shows because yeah. they were nice, short, punchy shows, and you know, you, you knew that you weren't going to be you know, stuck in a room for three hours or two hours watching a, you know, watching a couple of people, you, everything was punchy and it was it was exciting. So, it's, yeah, it was a real shame that that didn't continue. Yeah, yeah, instead Sydney's getting a second casino rather than a cultural yeah. thing. Maybe, maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need Kerry, oh, James Packer, Kerry packages. I'm dating my references yeah. there. James Packer, maybe Barangara, they should put a condition that there has to be a comedy club in there. Oh, I think you could probably approach him. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying anything, but I heard you could probably approach them, but, uh, you know, they're looking at Vegas-type acts, I think. So, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so it's not going to be another open mic room. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So, so the high rollers, they want their yeah. high coin. But it's funny, going back to what you were saying about sort of, you know, cricket at the moment, gee, it's, oh, 
yeah, yeah. they've rallied for the last as we speak. This is it's day three of the last Ashes test, so out of rain out probably. Yeah, well, probably yeah. Oh, either that or, or Peterson will get a triple century yeah. <laughs> tomorrow, yeah. and it'll all be deflated. But you look at that like worldwide. Australia has two of like at the moment Tim Minchin and Jim Jeffries yeah. are massive. Like they're two of the biggest comics in the world at present, and Jim cut his teeth yeah. in Sydney, and it's sort of like that sort of yeah. And I mean, comedy wise, there seems to be more new people wanting to give comedy a go yeah. than ever. Where do you think that's come from? Because I mean, I don't like I've been sitting there like every week. It's like I run Comedy on Edge is an open mic room. And it seems every week I get a new email from, or I'll go and see another open mic room yeah. and not know names. Yeah, I mean, I'll do that now too. Like a, you know, the gig the other night, I didn't know half the people that were on there. And um, I don't know, I guess things like Twitter and, and Facebook, people are, are more contactable and accessible, you know, and, and you feel like you can, you're, you're in touch with a lot of these people. Um, I mean, I was thrilled I got Steve Martin responded to one of my tweets once. I was oh, over nice. the moon. So I thought, hey, you know, so you give that feeling, I guess, maybe that people are like at that, you know, in their own head. People in their own head are at different places, I guess, you know. Uh, and until you get up on stage and do it, uh, yeah, you don't you don't know exactly what level you're at. I mean, we're the same. We get a lot of the emails here for, for open mic nights and that. But on any advice for open mic, just go to a comedy club first. Go and watch a few yeah. shows. Know what to expect. I mean, I wouldn't do do that I mean looking back when I started I wouldn't do that just rock up and go yeah right I'm ready you know I'd be like, like you know, it took me ages to get the balls up to to do something you, know, you sit in the back of the room and you're thinking oh shit I remember that nervous energy having um that was at the comedy store and it was in a, in a church in Bay Street in Glebe um when that when I started and um yeah that energy and the, the, the scaredness but you know but I was prepared I, I had everything written down mm. excuse me I had a script pretty much not I wasn't going to go up and just wing it and yeah, well, I see a lot of people do now, you know, just yeah. like, you know, fuck, I don't know. You've got to really yeah. respect your, your five minutes. If that's your five minutes that you're going to get on stage, you know, use it. Don't don't just piss mm. it off. You know? Well, I remember my first gig, it was up at, when Raw Comedy was at the Fringe Bar, and I spent the whole week rehearsing. I had Pearl Jam's Alive's is, is a five-minute song. Yeah. I'd learnt my five minutes to that, and yeah. I thought, oh, there'll be a... Pl- I, I, I came in just at four minutes 30. I thought, that's cool. Yeah. Better to be under than over. Yeah. I remember on the night I got up, and I did my four minute thirty set in about three minutes because I just sped through yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, oh yeah. And then, but I was addicted. But then I was like, I remember seeing, I did a gig out in Perth once, and I always think stick to time, stick to time. And it was this big shot. I was the only one that came in under five minutes. Everyone yeah. else did 10, 15, 20 yeah, minutes. No, no, it's rude. It's just rude. Yeah. It's rude and disrespectful for every other act. Because mm. you, you know, there's a lot of comics don't realize. Sit in an audience and watch a show one night because you've got the liberty as a comic. You can walk around, you can go outside, you can you do your spot, you know, you piss off, you have a drink, you go to the toilet. You, but if you're stuck there watching all that shit for so long, you know, that then you, you're sort of smart and up. You go, oh, geez, if I just sit and watch this every night, then, you know, which is what audiences are doing. So, mm. yeah, I mean, you've got to, and it's just a respect thing too to stick to time. So, yeah, now I've, I've and you wouldn't do that any other place in the world. That's one thing that, you know, people get their chance to, to do something in New York or London, they feel different. And we don't have that vibe here in Sydney of, oh, I'm lucky enough to be getting stage time. It's mm. just like, oh, well, you know, yeah. I'm just getting up. That was easy. Like, yeah. yeah. Another friend of, a friend of the show, Steve Hughes, he, when he first got his first spot at the London Comedy Store, he was given 10 minutes, yeah. strong 10 minutes, and he did 20 minutes. Oh, did he? Oh, and they banned him for a year. Yeah. They, they've since gone on to manage yeah. him, but yeah. it was that yeah. thing of, yeah. Nah, uh, you're good, but, yeah, you go yeah. away for a year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, no, you, you can be good, but, you know... <laughs> There's, there's a lot of comics out there who've got potential, but you look at it and go, I, I don't know what the reason you're doing it is. 
<laughs> there's um, I don't know. You, you have funny bits and great, great stuff, but then you, you sabotage yourself, or you know, mm. you, you get people offside to. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. What, am I, what yeah. am I worried about them for? I, th- I think maybe down. It's frustration yeah. more than anything <laughs> <probably> <laughs> when I see it. Yeah. No, I understand. Maybe, maybe going in the future, we might have to have a psychologist run comedy rooms and might oh, be, you know, do your set yeah. and then they can get the get a bit of an assessment. <laughs> now, over the years, you would have seen some stories. Now, I've been told by a former owner and friend of yours, Peter Mizell, to ask you about the waitress fight at the old Parramatta Laugh Grudge. Yeah, we've sort of been lucky. We haven't had too many too many blues. Um, Especially considering uh, you used to book Peter Mizell. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, anyone wanted to get punched would be him. Um, <laughs> He, uh, at the time, uh, well, it was, it was sort of unfortunate. One of our waitresses had a um, uh, an incident happen with her family, which was which was pretty sort of horrific mm. uh, in the family, and it was the anniversary of that time. Oh. So, so she was a bit on edge uh, at some stuff. But um, yeah, we're at the bar, and, and some sort of girl. I think she obviously, you know, not everybody gets on with everybody, <laughs> and uh, I think something was just said, and, and then all of a sudden this cat fight broke out, and. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, you know, guys holding two girls back, and you know, it's, uh, we didn't mean to feel them up. It just happened <laughs> that way. It sort of happens in slow motion when two girls fight. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I remember, uh, I'm not sure if Pete had a handful of tit or not. Um, well, he's I think, maybe I think I, think I did uh, at some point. But uh, ever since then, he kept uh, he kept talking about how he broke up a fight, but you know, it wasn't quite a UFC fight. <laughs> And I, his, his whole thing, we'd separated the girls, and I remember one of the girls was down on the bottom of the stairs, and they're still yelling at each other, and, and all Pete wanted to do was calm everyone down with water. Oh. He came out with water. Okay, who needs water? Who needs water? It's <laughs> like, fuck, Pete, what are you doing? You really uh, who needs water? Are you guys all right? It's like, oh, dude, man, you really didn't know how to manage that situation. But If you really wanted to calm down, then you should have yeah. just done his act. Yeah, the bird can know. fly! Everyone will be leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was sort of the end of the night there, but, you know, uh, God, I don't think we've had... You know, we have incidences every now and then, but we, we have been, like I said, lucky enough because, you know, God, yeah. I, I could have started most of them. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had have you ever had any memorable heckles over the year? Anyone just sort of... Uh, Sorry, I put you on the yeah, spot no, with this not, one. Not really. Um, when it sort of comes to he- I mean, usually it's it's drunk nonsense that you can't mm. understand. So it hasn't really been any, any clever heckles. My, my first night ever of comedy, though, that, that night I met, actually, Trevor Crook was on. Akmal was on, and, uh, and were I they just opening. starting out, or uh, a couple of years into? I think Akmal yeah. might have been uh, supporting or Trevor headlining something like that. Um, but uh, there was a girl in the front row, and and said something in the middle of my act. And that was the first night I've ever been on, but I'd stuck to my script. I didn't do anything, and then three hours later, I was driving home, and I come up with a heckle. <laughs> I come up with a a, a a comeback for a heckle because I didn't really understand what she said. But as I was driving home, three hours later, I just come up with, oh, it's every guy's fantasy to have a cock as big as your mouth. <laughs> and since then, I've used it. But, like, that, that's the difference when you start out to where you are now. Like, it took me three hours for a comeback when you first start out. But yeah. now you can come up with something, you know, off the top of your head straight away. So, you know, it's about being match fit, I guess. But, yeah, uh, but from heckles with people, uh, yeah, they, you don't really get things that are too smart, you know. Nah. Generally, you try not, you know, it's, it's always it's frustrating when somebody heckles and a comic just goes, sorry, what was that? Oh, no, don't engage me into that. Well, we, I did a gig on the weekend up at Wyong, and the headliner was David Schmidt and heckle, this guy, it was funny, because I was sitting on the back with Andrew Barnett, and we were watching this guy all night, like, I was MC, Barnett was support, and in the break, this guy, he was off his head, like, there was about 40 cans of beer on his table, 
and he'd hit on every girl in the whole place. Yeah. And then when Schmeet got on stage, he just, the rejection he didn't, he decided to take on Dave Schmeet and yeah. it was, it, Schmeet knocked him out within one, with one line. Yeah, it sort of helps when they're, when they're pissed and, <laughs> and stupid. <laughs> yeah, but it was just like, this guy, he's, he, he tried for the women, didn't get that. Then he yeah. thought he was up for the blue, didn't get that. I think... Oh, he's probably up for Dave. Well, probably looked at Dave and thought he did a chance. Yeah, yeah, but Dave <laughs> verbally destroyed him, and it was... Yeah, it's always good to see. But, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of people fucking think they're witty, don't they? But, yeah, yeah. Putting, the, putting the giggle juice into them, then they, uh, yeah, no, nah, you got that false confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've done you when you when you you start did you start out as an actor before you wanted to be an actor before comedian? Yeah, what I did is I um I travelled around the world when I, I was twenty one. I left Australia and I backpacked around the world, and um, I actually lived in England for a while. And I was I was doing sound engineering at Jonglers uh, just because oh. I knew an Australian over there, uh, and um, he uh, God, he was in a band called Here and Stevens, and they had a, a song on the Highlander Three soundtrack. So. He was in this band that did that, so he he was a sound engineer at Jonglers, so he, he got me a gig there, and I was doing that. And I remember one day we were, he said, "Oh, we're going to some guy's place to have a have a drink and meet up with him." And anyway, we go to this this house, little terrace place in London. There, we're uh, we're going through London. It looked like a little terrace house, so we've opened the, the door, gone downstairs, and then it's like a like the Batcave, massive studio underneath. There's all these Mike and the Mechanics records up on the wall, and a uh, big big sound studio low ground and I, I said to the guy they said oh you're the sound engineer for Mike and the Mechanics are you and the guy goes no no I play keyboards I, was, I felt like an idiot you know that one, oh, oh sorry man yeah, I like that um, so uh, yes I was sort of watching a lot of shows then you know there's Lee Evans and I sort of you know he's one name I remember seeing there um, never knew what I was going to do but I guess as you look back to your, your life you know I was always playing dress up and doing you know getting out of situations from being funny uh, you know uh, using that to to relieve tension and that to cope with things. Um, then after after England, it was cold and miserable place. I went to uh, the States, lived there, and I was going to a theatre school there. And the whole time there, I was selling tickets for the Laugh Factory. And I used to go actually use the tickets myself and just sit there. And, and I'd, I'd find myself watching the audience more than the comic mm. uh, just to see that, that sort of reaction that these people could get from saying something. Um, uh, it was quite powerful. And, um, and I'd not always had a lot of stuff written down when I travelled as well. But didn't know what I was going to do with it. Um, then, sort of, yeah, as I said, I was doing theatre theater over there. I was doing extra work just to make a bit of money and, you know, sort of get me in connections and, uh, you know, sort of hang out at studios and, you know, and, and that, was, that, was, that was a good experience, a lot of good fun. Um, you know, this is way before emails too and <laughs> sending pictures and texts and that and I had to write letters back home to tell my parents, you know, look out when this movie comes out, you know, I'm in the background of this scene or this TV show, I'm in the background doing this and... Um, and, and they used to spot them too, which was amazing. I couldn't, wow. couldn't believe that. Yeah, my brother's here one day. He goes, oh, we're watching Beverly Hills 90210 and the surf club. And, uh, yeah, we saw you up there. So I thought, oh, that's good. Uh, um, got to see a lot of good actors work too. I think, you know, that, that whole fantasy thing about extras being picked up to be the next big thing is never going to happen. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but, you know, you, you sort of get promoted. I got, I got a Screen Actors Guild eligibility from working on a show, Quantum Leap, for three days in a row. Oh, and, wow. um, yeah, and Jennifer Aniston was the guest on that. And uh, yeah, what happened to her? I don't know. She went on to bigger and better things. <laughs> Look at me. Um, yeah, that was my chance. I thought it would have been amazing. I it? hear that she's she tells story, her her party trick is. I met this amazing comic from Australia, Darren. I wonder what happened yeah. to that guy. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer, if you're out there, get get in touch. Yes, yes, please. Mm. Yeah, that'd be right, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, so uh, yeah, there was a lot of those sort of. But but to watch actors 
perform, you know, to, to get to see Jack Nicholson do a monologue as Jimmy Hoffa, to watch Robert Redford, you know, I met Billy Connolly, Woody Harrelson, you see Demi Moore working, uh, uh, what's that, Michael um, Douglas, Michael Douglas in Falling Down, you know, things like oh, that. So, oh, you were, you were in Falling Down? Yeah, yeah, and um, to watch him prepare, like, right before they, and it's, it just sticks in my head, right before they called action, his character just grew from the feet up. He looked like a transformer. So as I was getting ready, I was just watching him. I just thought, God, it was an amazing transformation how he got into the, into the character. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, so there's a lot of those, those things. I met, met a lot of good people, you know. Um, mm. Even actually, Days of Our Lives, I, was, uh, I did an extra work on there and I, I went to the... I used to go to the cafe where all the, you know, try and infiltrate that way and I had <laughs> lunch with Jennifer Anderson's dad. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it used to be Victor Kuriakis on Days of Our Lives and that was always funny because I remember watching Days of Our Lives as a Isn't kid. Is he the Young and the Restless? No, that oh, was uh, Theo Pacus was oh. in younger, which which coincidentally he <laughs> he walked past us and uh, and um, the, uh, the other guy b b called him over and said, "Oh, he's a, he's a fellow countryman," and introduced us to each other. So I was, I think, I was sort of on the verge of hanging out with the right people, but then uh, some some visa issues happened and and I had to come back. So um, oh. yeah, so uh, yeah, coming back after having all this stuff written down, I thought, well, I'll get up get up one day and. You know, yeah. I'm originally from Adelaide, but I couldn't live in Adelaide. I, I went through earthquakes and Rodney King riots and all that stuff, so <laughs> I just couldn't live back in Adelaide. It just, I didn't think there was going to be enough opportunity. So, yeah. um, you know, Sydney or Melbourne was the next call, but I had a relative in Sydney who offered, you know, free accommodation until I was up on my feet, so I had to, uh, so I had to pick picking Sydney out of Melbourne. So yeah. sometimes I wonder if that's a crossroad that, you know, in the comedy industry is a, is a hard thing or, uh, you know, or, uh, not a disability, but... You know, uh, I've, I've sort of always pushed for, for maybe bigger things to come out of Sydney, you know, which is, I guess, why I'm working on the TV show at the moment. But, uh, mm. um, yeah, which way to go? So I ended up being Sydney and then oh. uh, got up one night and just kept doing it. There you go. I was yeah, I was wondering what, because I knew you came from Adelaide. I know you're an AFL fan. Yeah. I was wondering, because I made, I come from Tassie and I had to make the decision and a similar situation. I had friends in Melbourne but relatives in Sydney and I thought, well, when th if things go wrong, I'd rather have relatives close by. So I chose yeah. Sydney straight yeah. off. And yeah. I always think too, like, yeah, well, I don't, like, because I'd never, th comedy I'd never thought about. And I wonder if I'd have gone to Melbourne, would I have jumped up? Would I have entered raw comedy? Would things have been differently? Mm. Or would, you know, I'd be working for the government or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, see, that I did, um, like, a, well, there was four live TV spots between, well, not 96 and 97, I think it was, in Melbourne mm. tonight, which was live in Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth. But in Sydney, they used to show it at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I was living in Sydney, so I'd be doing this, these oh. spots and then coming back here and thinking, you know, to, to do four live TV spots on a, on, a, on a show at that time was like, well, you know, that, to me, that was, that was great opportunity. But was it, was it utilised, you know? At the same time, Carl Barron did four footy shows. Yeah. What, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he probably knows Jennifer. He's probably with Jennifer Aniston as we speak. Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. Now, talking about the, the Darren Sanders show, it's on go at the moment? No, I don't It got to go? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who well, hopefully it will be on go. You can't say until, uh, until oh. it's on air now. I mean, I, I mean that, well, they've, well, they have told me. Um, like, it's something I've been pushing now for a couple of years. Mm. Um, but, you know, to try and get someone to believe in it who are in the right position... Mm. Uh, I've had a, I've been close a few times with the networks, um, but yeah, I just, I got, I'm sort of, like I said, planning my own future now, and you know, concentrating on that myself, and it's just something that, it's something that I enjoy, and I think I'm more, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with it, mm. and, um, and uh, it'd be nice to see something like that 
that up and going. Mm. We, you know, my, my plans would be to have it multiple times a week, but you know, I don't know if the country's ready for that. <laughs> but uh, I think it, it can it can be done. Um, mm. You know, again with the right right people behind it and backing it. So at the moment, uh, I was told that it'd be Wednesday. Well, first of all, it was going to be like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the four episodes that we've recorded in uh, September. Then they told me uh, we're going to go Wednesday nights because they want to concentrate Wednesday night comedy. And I went, oh, shit, that's a good idea since Channel 10 and ABC are doing that as well. <laughs> yeah. um, but then the other day I got an email to say it looks like Tuesday night. So I'd really like, I'd, actually, I'd really like Tuesday night. I think that'd be a good night of the it week. Tuesday would be good. Tuesday at 10.30 would be perfect, I think. Uh, yeah. That'd be around the, you know, that, that, that to me is a good time. Yeah. So definitely check that out. Um, yeah. The Darren Sanders show. It's been it's on DarrenSanders.com. Do go to that DarrenSanders.com. DarrenSanders.com. I'll, I'll release all that on yeah, the Facebooks and the tweets and when they confirm that, you know. I'll probably be tweeting it myself when I'm when it's on, I'll be going, oh, you know. I've seen better better quality on home porn. <laughs> well that's the thing these days with shows, they can be like Twitter, like the Ben Elton show was the first show that was probably executed by Twitter because yeah. the feedback was just that negative on it. Oh, I mean, admittedly, he yeah. didn't really. I well, don't think. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. comedy is small and intimate, not big and wide and open. So Yeah, and it's, yeah. I think for a TV show, as you probably found, it's a bit of a collaborative process where I don't think Ben. Hmm. I don't yeah. think Ben Ben liked to play with others on this one. Yeah, I'm not sure what the thing is, but I just know he didn't want well, to last six episodes. But yeah, oh, I think he got to four, less than that. I think it was four. Did it? All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well. So I've got I got a or we've got a couple of mates who were booked for episodes six and seven, and yeah. <laughs> they got the check, but they didn't get the didn't get okay. a gig. All so right. well, win-win. Yeah. But you've, you've won a couple of awards for your TV shows over the years. Uh, we did. Um, we're talking comics with Daz and Gaz, with Gary Hu and myself. Um, that was our sort of second effort at doing something. Uh, I mean, we were just doing these, obviously, to get out there and get profile. And I mean, Gary didn't need that. He's got profile already. But, uh, he, you know, he was great to come along and, you know, want to be a part of it because mm. uh, he just enjoyed enjoyed the chats. Um, actually, I was, I was working on a cruise ship recently and one of the guys asked me about him. And I had I still had copies on my hard drive of the episodes. And uh, and uh, so I gave them across to, you know, if I'm happy for people to look at them, they're out there on the internet anyway. But... um. You know, and they still hold up. That first series was like 2006 where we were just in the radio, fake radio studio, uh, getting drunk and uh, talking for an hour and cutting it back to 15 minutes. <laughs> um, but, you know, they still stand up now, those mm. ones. And then the the next one we did is, you know, again, because I've always, you know, it's sort of like the, the idea of profiling comedians, mm. um, you know, and then there are a lot of comics that are out there that are working and have worked for many years that mm. nobody knows who they are. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're making a living. Um, I don't I'm not, but <laughs> so there are there are others out there, and um, so the, the chat show there it, it, it incorporated the stand up plus behind the scenes with the with the people, and each mm. person had their own identity and their own sort of theme to the show, and and again they they were quite you know, they're hard work to do editing and doing all that stuff mm. and getting it together and, and out there, and uh, but sort of now I can sit back and and watch them as mm. as twenty two minute shows of. Of, of comedy and you know the banter and you know there, there were some really good bits in there that mm. you know that still stand out for me and you know and, and and you know you're doing funny stuff when you're doing it and you're laughing genuinely yeah and you're not you know you're not putting on the fake you know oh yeah, 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 FM radio <laughs> <laughs> look at that water you yeah, can't oh, say that yeah, oh. yeah, that yeah it's sort of shit but anyway yeah. we'll <laughs> add all the laughters in post for the yeah. for the podcast recording. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, yeah, no, it's it's yeah. When when there's genuine laughter there, that's that's the best thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when with the da- with the the Darren Sanders show, what get you've got you had some pretty big name guests. Yeah, well, I mean, again, everyone, I guess, people believing in it, mm. and then and to do that in front of a live audience too mm. gives you that feel mm. feel again. A lot of people thought you know that there wasn't a live audience here, but no, we had um, people come in, and, and so you have a different energy there. But yeah. uh, just before that, we recorded recently, um, which will hopefully go to air. Uh, we had Glenn Shorick on, um, Darren Percival, who you know, again, I just emailed emailed yeah. these guys now, and then you know, I guess with Twitter and Facebook, they've become accessible. Mm. To, to just ask straight off, and and Percival was great because he just happened to be in Sydney. He lives up in Queensland, but he happened to be in Sydney. Had a gig Sunday night and Tuesday night. Had Monday off, so it was just you know, yeah, perfect the, the, timing. The, the gods, the gods worked in our, our favour mm-hmm. there. Um, Dr. Nikki Goldstein, who does a lot of the sexologist, and, and the oh. crowd really came alive when that one. Yeah, imagine. On uh, and she was good too because she can, uh, like like she said, generally doing a morning show. She does guest spots on. Mm. On the morning shows, uh, but you can't really talk about much there. You know, no, 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 no. Clean, but this one here, being a late night one, you know, it was it was a really good feel and a good vibe, and you know, and again, you know, the the, the audience interaction and, and being here made it made it a bit bit more energetic. And um, our other main guest was uh, Steve Lamaquan, the actor, uh, been in Beneath Hill 60 and oh, wow. uh, a few Best Men. I actually saw that a couple of weeks ago. On a, mm. I was showing that on the ship, so he, he popped up in there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, he's, he's done a lot. Done a lot of stuff. So uh, again, he was good, and they're all good characters, and they're all good storytellers. And yeah, you know, so the, the show itself isn't probably really about me. It's about you know no, no. getting getting stuff out of really good guests and yeah. and, and opening up. So and helping uh, yeah promote that. Like that's one yeah. thing I think Australian TV is missing your show because you look at like we get contacted by publicists all the time. Like so and so's in the country, they've got a show they want to promote it, and they come yeah. to the podcast, which is great. But yeah. it's not the TV. Like you used to have. The road. I remember when I was a kid. Hey, hey, it's Saturday. That was the yeah. first access I had to comedy because I didn't know. Like I had Eddie Murphy's um, DVD Raw was the first comedy DVD I ever saw when I was like six. Oh, it's great. DVD. Great, yeah, yeah, great parenting, par- mum and dad. Yeah. But no, but, yeah, but then I've, you'd I've go on. Hey, hey, I've watched that again recently because yeah. it still stands up because mm. they're routines written as routines, mm. and you know, you know, you know each one. That was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I like for me the story when he tells the story of. Bill Cosby calling him up to complain. <laughs> I it's it's yeah. the best thing I've ever ever seen. Yeah. But then I remember we, we, as kids we used to watch Hey Hey Saturday and they always had a comedian on there. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's some like I, Gary Who who we mentioned earlier. I remember I think I gigged with him like my it might have even been my first time out at the Laugh Garage Parramatta. And I was like he used to be on TV. I'm, I'm on the same oh, bill as this. I remember <laughs> ringing my dad and he's like Cause that's, my dad, that, that's that's a pitfall about TV too. When people go like a lot of people say after they're on, on, on off TV as a comic. Right. Gary has been working as a stand-up from you know forever, mm. but you get a bit of a profile doing a couple of TV things, and then people see him on stage doing stand-up, and they go, "Oh, he got used to be on." T-. No, he, he had shot to being on TV, but generally he's he's a stand-up comedian, you know, and that, that's what he mm. is. So he hasn't not been a, you know, you get the words bandied around like has-beens and stuff like that. It's like no, no, you're working as a stand-up comic, mm. but all of a sudden you might get a profile every now and then of doing something. So I mean, that, that's an unfortunate. Uh, I guess um, thing about it that, or p- public perception of, mm. uh, of comedy, you know, it's like, oh no, that that's that's what they believe you, you've made it if you're on TV, not if you're yeah. doing stand-up gigs. So yeah, the whole definition of the word "made it" is just such, yeah, yeah. yeah a ridiculous, yeah, 
it's such a ridiculous concept, mm. the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, what, yeah what, what do you strive for? Yeah, you know? I mean... Ultim- ultimately, you want an audience to come and see you. That's, that's when you know you've made it, is yeah. that, okay, I'm on a bill and people are coming to see me. Yeah. They're not just there because they're there. So, yeah, that, that's when you think you've made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you have a following or a, or a cult. A cult. Yeah. A cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There hasn't been a big cult in a long time. I remember in the 80s and 90s, used to be like... The Doomsday Cults, the the Sex Cult. We haven't had one recently. Oh, it's Scientology, but yeah. they've sort of worked around. It's probably the social media again. Yeah, yeah. everyone's it's, it just blues everything. Nothing's <laughs> nothing's black and white anymore. It's yeah. all just it's all mushed in together. Oh, that's what I say. You know, you look at Twitter. You can write something on Twitter, and within four tweets, it's disappeared down the. No one, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the use of Twitter is for. I find well, it like I like I just put jokes out. I don't I don't yeah. do any plugs on. Yeah, but it's like, sort of like only for, for, okay, okay, well, I'll get the Twitter account here right now. I'll <laughs> see it when it comes on and see what like the last four four things would be. You know, I follow a lot of TV stuff, I guess, but um, you know, then after the fourth one, that's not on your screen. It's it's just gone. It's not well, even today. No today I can tell you, I just looked at. Tra- it's all about Ben Affleck being cast as Batman. Oh, yeah, no, and who gives a shit. <laughs> Really, you know, yeah. guys got a good, guys doing a gig. It's amazing how that's affected so many like, people. It's someone, like someone put on Twitter actually, and it's a funny observation. It's like, oh, have they made the movie yet? Is it that bad? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that's, yeah, it's exactly. Like, oh, here you go, Sydney traffic. That's come up. So, but in two minutes, it's gone. So I don't even know what the traffic is in yeah. two minutes. You know, um, I have to listen to Vic Larusso on the the, the shoppers on oh, the five o'clock news. Oh, all the traffic's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I just I just need to know how the trains are running on time. Oh no, you can get an app for that now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's, there's an app for every. Maybe maybe that's what we need to do. The, we can have the Laugh Garage comedy app where we can just film a set and beam it out. Like you can download it for a dollar. Well, well, we've talked about things in the past like that. Um, comedy apps and you know, uh, gosh, again it's. I just think there's so much out there, how, how to, it gets lost, you know. Um, same as marketing, it's I don't know what you have to do to nowadays to to be to get people in, be specific, and you know target that those people to to get them off their asses and and go and see something. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm not, I don't know. I don't know the secret. If I did, I <laughs> I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in right now, and we're doing our, our last shows here. So ah, uh, now well before before we go, I've got to ask now on, on your extra work. You were on the film clip for November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Yeah, sure was, where, man. The where wedding. were you? Where I've because I've watched yeah, that more times than <laughs> a human should. Yeah. Where, uh, where were you in no, the it's, church? It's the wedding scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, he had a supermodel there as he's playing his wife. Yeah, Erin Everly. Not Elena Christensen or something. No, like no, that. it was. I think it was either it was Erin. Ev- oh, one of his. It was one of his girlfriend at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So he blew Helena. up at her. Yeah, they yeah. actually split up over that film clip because. Did they? Yeah, that's my fault. No. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know the scene? Were you in the church with the scene at the coffin? No, they they asked me like we were in the first scene where they did the concert. They actually set up a whole concert with. Oh um, wow! They, that whole thing it looked like a, a you know filled up theater, but yeah. they're, they're all extras, and we were up the top tier, and I was just sitting actually chatting to this girl who worked at Disney because she just liked Guns and Roses, and she was sitting next to me, and and. Um, and she invited me then afterwards to go see the premiere of uh, Encino Man. So, <laughs> fucking waste of time <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, I got to go on the Disney lot and sit in these nice, big, comfortable chairs. And, you know, and you in the sort of Disney Disney lot there, they've got all these pylons, seven pylons, as you go into the theatre. And each, every pylon's got a different dwarf up the top. I remember that. <laughs> um, 
But, uh, yeah, so we did that that day, and I just, you know, I remember listening to the song going, oh, hey, this song won't go anywhere. <laughs> then um, then the next day we did the church scene inside of that. So I'm actually on the left-hand side of the screen uh, on the on the on the church, and I actually turned my head around right before they cut, so I, I sort of knew, because I used to be a cameraman, yeah. like where the cameras were and things like that, so I'd cheat, I'd cheat sometimes doing things like that, and uh, yeah, so I just, I had a, a big lot of black hair back then, um, but yeah, I'm on the left-hand side as she's walking down the aisle, and I remember the girl behind her who was playing the bridesmaid, she couldn't walk in heels at all, she, and you can see it on the clip, there's something not right the way she <laughs> walked, and I, used, I did that on that clip, and then in... Um, it's the same in the bodyguard. I was dancing next to Kevin Costner and oh, Whitney wow. Houston, and it was the first time I ever heard that song. I'll always love you. It was a country version on a jukebox, and uh, they had a steady cam going around. You know that those two when they were dancing, we had to jump out of the way, then jump back in, and jump out of the way, and jump back in. And <laughs> I remember the girl I was dancing with because I kept turning her back to the camera, <laughs> and she was like, "Oh man, what are you doing that for?" I said, "Well, I got my parents. They want to see me. I haven't seen them for a while. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the other side of the world. I wouldn't mind getting on." So. And it's actually in the video clip for um, the Whitney Houston one as well, right near the end there. I, I make that video as well, just from a bit from the film. But, um, yeah, that's cool. That's him so long ago now. Uh, well, there you go, guys. Yeah. Check it out. And follow him on Twitter. At com- it's at Comedian Sanders. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Follow him there. And if you spot him in a movie, just tw- tweet him. and Say, hey, mate, I saw you in The Bodyguard, saw you in Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Do that. And try, try and find me in Lethal Weapon 3 then. Yeah. Oh, Lethal Weapon 3. There you go. Yeah. There you go. The challenge has been set. We're not going to give you the scene, guys. You'll have to watch it and get back. I have a feeling that Seizure Kaiser will, will, will be the first one to come back at that. Oh, really? So check it out. And make sure if Life Grads of Paramount is going to the end of the year, the city till August 31st. And also check out DarrenSanders.com. Darren is a brilliant comedian. I remember a couple of years back, the late, great comedian Dave Grant, they had a tribute show for him at the Enmore Theatre. It was an all-star cast. Darren was on there and by far got the best reaction. He's an amazing comedian. So if you're out there looking for a comedian, get in contact, darrensanders.com. Support the Laugh Garage. And Darren, thanks for, thanks for joining us. No worries, man. Uh, pleasure. You've broken my uh, virgin iPod experience. You've done exactly <laughs> the same thing as Myzel because Myzel, first one we ever recorded, he goes... How do I download an iPod? I mean podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> be right. we'll, definitely, we'll definitely have you back, mate. We've got more Guns and Roses to talk about. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Check out darrensanders.com. Check out comedyonedge.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter too, at M underscore W underscore OH. That's about it. I guess Dave, Dave's not here, but he'll do it and edit. Dave, hit the music. Music. <laughs>